This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com Good morning everyone. Shalom Aleichem, Baruch HaMaboim. Welcome to our, our Friday Shurim on Parsha Shemais. Good to see everybody. I want to share with you some original thoughts on Parshas Shemais. If anybody uh, would like to order the new Sefer on Shemais, it's out, it's in the Svarim stores. You could order it at our site, rabbidg.com, in uh, preparation of the new Sefer, Sefer Shemais. Also, uh, we're currently working on Haggadah Shel Pesach in English for Art Scroll. If anybody would like to be Mishtatef in that, uh, please contact us. And uh, you could have a chelak in the upcoming sefer. Okay, it's very interesting. The the Gemara and Soita on the Daf Yeral from Erbeis makes an analogy and a comparison between uh, Moshe Rabbeinu and the creation of the light. The pasuk says that when Moshe was born, when Moshe was born, the whole house filled up with light. Here it says, And she saw him that he was good. And it says over there, So just like the light was called Toiv, when it said that Moshe saw, that Yechevet saw that the child was good, it means the whole, the whole house filled up with light. So let's take that analogy a little bit further. And that is, just like when Hashem created the light, Hashem had to hide it because He saw that it was not good for the Rishayim to benefit from that light. We do find a similar idea by Moshe Rabbeinu, where Vatitzbenai, she hid him. So that's a further analogy of the comparison between Moshe Rabbeinu and the light. Just like the light had to be stashed away, so too Moshe Rabbeinu. Next idea. It says that the maidservants of uh, the, the daughter of the Pharaoh, of Basia, Holchais, they were going. And Rashi says, um, what does it mean they were going? It's a Lashon of Misa, like, Hine Anoichi Hoylech Lamos. So Halicha is death. It's referring to death. Or like, Ani Hoylech Bederech Kal Haaretz. So we find that the word hoylech means to uh, go to, uh, to Misa. This is at a polar opposite of the way Rashi interprets the word hoylech in Parshas B'chukaisai. There it says in B'chukaisai Telechu, Rashi says that means your Amel Batayra, because Telechu is the Lashon of Halicha, Mechayel El Chayel, rising up. Growing, steiging, elevating oneself from level to level. So isn't it interesting that the word halchais either means to going to death or it means learning Taira Bi'yon. <clears throat> That's like two very disparate interpretations of the word halchais. And this is a remez perhaps to the great teaching of the Vilna Gain that in this world it is impossible to plateau. You're always going somewhere. Either you're going upward Mechayel el chayel, or you're going downward to Misa, but there's no in between. There's always halicha in this world. In this world, you're always traveling. You're always going somewhere. Either you're going, you're elevating yourself, or you're going uh, 
or, you, or you're going Lamisa. Now, Basia sees the child, and the child does not want to nurse from any of the Egyptian midwives. So Basia says, Take the child. <clears throat> Rashi explains that she was prophesying, and she didn't know what she was prophesying. She was saying, Take your child. Hey, Shalichi, take your child. Take your child. So she didn't know she was prophesying it, but she was nevertheless prophesying, take your child. So I was bothered, what benefit is there that Hashem put this nevuah in her mouth? That she said, take your child. Why would Hashem make her say, benevuah, Take your child. Let her just say, take the child. I mean, well, Hashem's not going to make a miracle for nothing. For what purpose did the Rebbe Hashem put prophecy into her mouth? I think we could explain that, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu grew up in the house of the Pharaoh. She grew up, he grew up as the, uh, basically, foster child of the adopted child of Basia, I mean, Paro was his father for all intents and purposes. So why didn't Moshe Rabbeinu grow up as an Egyptian? Why was he never under their influence? I mean, he grew up in that household. They were his parents. The answer is, when Basia uttered the words with prophecy, your child, that created a reality that Moshe always remained the child of Yoicheved and Amram. How? Through those words of prophecy, that sort of made it, that created that reality that he never was subsumed by the household of the Pharaoh. The next Vartaira is mm, stunning, but I already said it over this week. Um, it's really, it's really beautiful. But I'll let you read it, and you can listen to it on some of the other shiurim. Okay, so I want to point out. You know, of all the nations in the history of the world, while Klal Yisrael certainly was uh, chosen for the greatest gifts, the giving of the Torah, the miracles of the Exodus, the gift of Eretz Yisrael, the gift of prosperity throughout the generations, Klal Yisrael, Jewish people are always more uh, prosperous than the, than the nations that we live among. But nevertheless, we, were also, we also suffered more than any other nation. And the question is why? Why, throughout the, the ages, whether it's Chorben Bayes Rishon, Chorben Bayes Sheni, whether it's Crusades, Inquisition, Pogroms, Holocaust, no other nation endured what we had to endure. Why? What did we do that we warranted? And the answer is found frighteningly in this week's parsha. Moshe Rabbeinu says, noida hadavar. Rashi says, Now I understand in what way the Jewish people sinned more than any other nation. But now Moshe Rabbeinu says, I understand they are worthy of it. They are, deserve it. And that is referring to Lashon Hara, where Moshe Rabbeinu realized that somebody tattled on him. Which means the reason why Klal Yisrael, not only in Egypt, but this is Masayavay Simen Labanim, the reason why we've 
endured and been punished more than any other nation is because of Lashon Hara. And you'll ask, but the Goyim speak more Lashon Hara than we do. That is true. But as the Baal Kitzar Shulchan explains, for the nations of the world, Lashon Hara is not Navera. And the reason it's not Navera is because they are not by definition one entity. And therefore, causing disparity and lack of unity is not such a crack in their foundation. But because Klai Yisrael is Am Echad, Goy Echad Ba'aretz, therefore Lashon Hara destroys us. And that is something that is Noira Ayam to someone who thinks about it. So Moshe Rabbeinu is running away from the Pharaoh, and he runs away and he comes to the well, and Rashi says, yeah, Yaak- Moshe Rabbeinu learned a lesson from Yaakov to find his Shidduch by the well. Right? I don't think they've... Uh, tapped into this uh, power to try to deal with the, you know, the Shidduch crisis. You know, it, we live in a time where it's, uh, it's difficult. Young singles have a hard time finding their Zivog Hagon. And, you know, I don't think we, we've tapped into this uh, Segula enough. We need more wells. You know, they should get together at the well. You know, obviously, uh, all kidding aside... What does Rashi mean that, that Moshe learned the lesson from Yaakov to find his shidduch by the well? Moshe Rabbeinu, he was looking for a shidduch? He was, it says he was running away from Parai. Parai wanted to kill him. And he ran away. He ran to Midian. So he lived by the well. Is that why he went there? He went there to run from Parai. But you, perhaps you could say there's a deeper element over here. Isn't it interesting that when does Moshe Rabbeinu look for a Shidduch? He dafka looks for the Shidduch when Paro is running after him to kill him. Why didn't he look for a Shidduch for all the years before? You would think that when somebody's running after you to kill you, that's not the time to look for a Zivuk, to look for a Shidduch. That, that's not the time to look for a Shidduch. Moshe Rabbeinu learned from Yaakov Avinu. You know when it's time to build? You know when it's time to build your family? Just like when Yaakov Avinu, Esau was running after him to kill him, that's when Yaakov went to get married. Because we never throw in the towel. Just when you think all hope is lost, that's when you build for the future. By the way, like the Panovich when the Germans were primed to enter Palestine, that's when the Panovicharov said, let's have the groundbreaking for Panovich. That's when you build. Just when you think all hope is lost, that's when you build the future. So Moshe Rabbeinu learned not just the location of, when, of where to look for a shidduch, but when to look for a shidduch. When to look for a shidduch. Look for a shidduch. <clears throat> when, when you think all hope is lost, that's when you redouble your efforts. <clears throat> Next, <clears throat> Rashi brings <clears throat> that Moshe Rabbeinu rode on a donkey, a special donkey, Hachamar, the special donkey. Says Rashi, the Chamar that was designated, that Avram brought to the Akedah, and that the Melech HaMashiach is going to reveal himself on. So it's interesting that there are three historic events that utilize this donkey. Akedas Yitzchak, Geulas Mitzrayim, 
Gula Now I know the connection between Gula Mitzrayim and Gula HaAsida. We know that Gula Mitzrayim was the predecessor, the pre-enactment of the Gula HaAsida. But where does the Akedah come in? So there's an idea <coughs> that we wrote about in the book on the Yom Naram, that Hashem had a certain plan for Adam HaRishayn, and that failed. And Hashem gave another chance for mankind to be the Adam <coughs> that, <coughs> that God intended when He said, Nasa Adam. And Avram Avinu demonstrated and showed himself that he in fact is that Adam. When did, uh, when did Avram Avinu demonstrate himself that way? He demonstrated himself that way when? At the Akedah. And that was fully realized in the time, well, and that will be fully realized in the time of the Gula Hasida. So in other words, the Akedah was, was a similar seminal event in world history, similar to that of the Gula Hasida. In that case, we can understand why Rashi brings in the end of the parasha, Hashem says, you know, Avram Avinu, Hashem, I told him, Ki Yitzchak Yikar Lechazara, and then I told him to sacrifice Yitzchak, and Avram didn't ask me any questions. Why do you have so many questions of, Lama Why is Hashem comparing now Moshe Rabbeinu to Avraham? Perhaps based on what we just said, that Moshe Rabbeinu is now paving the way for the next seminal event in world history. Namely, the Gula Hasida, by taking the Jews out of Egypt, that's the pre-enactment of the final redemption. So Avram Avinu does it in stage 1 at the Akedah. Moshe Rabbeinu begins the stage 2 of the Gula Hasida. But now Hashem criticizes Moshe. You're not fit for the job here. You don't live up to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was Namahar Acharai at the Akedah. And you're going to ride his donkey? You're going to bring the world to the next level? Okay, two more ideas. Next idea. We live in a generation where there's no respect for authority. There's no respect for position. There's no respect for people of eminence and prominence. Case in point. So for many people, their favorite pastime is mocking the uh, commander-in-chief, President of the United States. While the laws of Lashon Hara do not apply to nevertheless, we have to think about the appropriateness of such conduct in light of what Chazal tell us that when Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron came to Pari, they said, let us go, lest God strike us down. Rashi says what they, what they were saying is, lest God strike you down. But they, were, they had to give covid Lamalchus. So they didn't want to say, lest God kill you, so they, they couched it. Of course, Pari understood what they meant, but what they were saying was, God's going to kill you if you, don't, if you don't let us go. But they didn't say those words. Says Rashi, from here we learn you have to honor the king. Honor the king? But he's wicked, and he's holding the Jewish people hostage, and we need to threaten his life. Doesn't matter. Even at the time you're threatening this wicked depot's life, you still have to show him courtesy and respect. So I think that you know that that puts into a different view the uh, 
type of mockery people make of, of people in position of office and power, even if they're not qualified, and even if they're uh, sort of uh, bring it upon themselves. Nevertheless, Derech Eretz demands that even if you're dealing with a murderer, Russia, like the Pharaoh, you still have to show Kavad Machos. Next question. Next idea, and this will be the final idea. You know, I've been asked uh, questions over the years where people, they get a little bit more into learning as they get older. And they come and they say, you know, my wife tells me, you know why you want to run out to the base medrash? Because you don't want to help in the house. It's not that you're so into learning. It's not that all of a sudden you're interested in a minion. It's now you, you don't want to help me. So it's more convenient for you to go to the base medrash. That's a question I get very often. And the person says, you know what, she's right. That's part of the reason why I want to go learn. It, it's easier. Oh, you know why you want to go learn? Because you don't want to go to the Simcha. It's not that you're such a big Talmud Chacham. So you don't want to schlup to the wedding. So you want to go learn. And the answer is, don't say that to yourself. Outthinking yourself to say, yeah, the only reason I want to do the mitzvah is for ulterior motives, so I won't do the mitzvah. That's the Eitzah, the Yitzhahara. That's one of the tactics of the Yitzhahara, where the Yitzhahara tries to like outsmart you and say, nah, don't do the mitzvah. The only reason you want to do the mitzvah is because you have some kind of ulterior motive. That's exactly what the Pharaoh told Klal Yisrael. Nirpim atim nirpim. You guys are a bunch of lazy bums. That's why you want to go make a festival in the Midbar and offer sacrifices. You're not so religious. It's just you don't want to make pyramids. So it's easier, it's easier to go to Shul than to make the pyramids. But the fact that the Torah puts these words in the mouth of the Pharaoh, and we know Paro is the Yitzhahara, that means this is something the Yitzhahara tells us. Yitzhahara tells us it's not really that you want to learn, it's that you don't want to do something else. But we have to ignore the Yitzhahara. Whatever is getting us to go to, go, to learn or to daven, we need to go and learn and daven. And don't let him question what our motivation is. Okay, now we're going to come to the next part of uh, this morning's Shiran. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.